this is Christian McBride, and you're listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and WBAI.org on the web. Yep, that's where your dial is set, 99.5 FM, WBAI New York, and uh, it's 10 p.m., almost time for a night shift with Mike Sargent. Would have been time, but some people just don't know how to use the Internet. Tunes of listener-sponsored radio, WBAI 99.5 FM in New York and on the web at WBAI.org. And it is time now for Night Shift. Now, keeping up with what we've been doing throughout the year, we've been celebrating the fact that Night Shift has been on for 30 years. Of course, I started when I was nine years old, of course. And uh, I pulled out something from the archives. And this is a show from 1996 here. And, and so that's, that's, can you do the math? Mike from Jersey. Can you? Uh, well, it is, uh, it's about to be, uh, the, it's, that's 20, the 2023. So, uh, let's subtract the three. So 17 years ago. Dude, you oh, are like sorry, really. Twenty. Like, I you can't go to school. I can't do okay, the math. You right. can't do the math. That's that's disturbing. All right, listen. Twenty-seven to, years. Okay, and he's a long-time listener. Okay, just yeah. you know, it's just, I literally it's, wasn't. All right, all right so. I'm going to stop. It's 26 years ago. Okay, because it's 2022, 96. These are even numbers. This should be easy for you. So, 26 <laughs> years ago. All right, the, and you were a young man at that time. I was a young wee lad. Yeah, a wee lad. And and the guests we had on now. Here's the thing over the years doing night shift the i guess the 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 constant obviously is me you know but not just me the the the, the topics the the chronology and this is what's interesting about this this specific show at this specific point in time is as we talk about it's four years before the apocalypse because everybody was thinking 2000 oh, right the year 2000 was going to be the apocalypse all right that was you know computers were going to die everything was going to happen and um, you know, Chris had left because he was my original co-host. And Byron, this, the, the name of this show really should be What Happened to Byron? Because that's a theme throughout the whole show. And I had on two regular, you know, occasional co-hosts. And one was Ian. Ian Holt. Ian Holt. Young Ian Holt. He was such a nice guy. Wasn't he nice? He was friendly. He, he was, was like, very nice. He was, he's not like that anymore. Let me show you. He's not like that at all. All right. But then uh, we also had on the mystery guest. And this is like, I think, yes. the original mystery guest. Yes. The original. The classic mystery the guest. The classic mystery guest from back in the day. So uh, we talk about a bunch of things and we have an opening with uh, Lazarus which was right. part of that on, on success. And, and you really have to set yourself up for all of that. You know, those who are listening, this is back in 1996. This is 26 years ago. Uh, and Night Shift was, keep in mind, we were on from 3.30 till 6 a.m. 
Yeah. You know, life is different at that time. You know, you're in a different state of mind. If you're up or you, or you work the night shift or you or you or have been up and you're still up, you're, you're in a different state of mind. And the other thing is you're at a different state of consciousness because most people, most of the humans are sleeping. So you don't have their consciousness to interfere with your own. You understand what I'm saying, Mike from Jersey? But you also have you also have freaks that are calling in. Oh, listen. Every like, time you like take yourself, a call. You were a freak. Right, yourself. like myself. All right, so so what were your takeaways from listening to this show? Because the, for those who are going about to hear this show, I hadn't heard it in a very long time. I even reached out to Ian just to say I was going to be playing this, just to let wow. him know. So he might even be actually listening. But... Uh, what were your takeaways from the show? Because well, it was sort of it was sort of interesting because it, it, it was like sort of my era, but I've never heard it, so I was sort of already drifting away at this point. So it was you know you sort of having a glimpse of what I missed. Drifting away, <laughs> so you were at, you were at a point where you thought you were outgrowing night shift. Is that what you? Yes. Mean? Okay. And then, yeah, yeah. then pulled me back in, um, and um, it was yeah the the, the science fiction stuff is fascinating the the thing that i've always said in terms of previous programs is that how um it's always kind of wild when you listen to the life is like science fiction stories and comparing that to stories today and how everything today is even more bonkers and except it's on like mainstream media and everything i sent you this article today about the giant goldfish that was in the guardian but anyway um yeah well, it, you it, can it, tell you can talk about the giant goldfish yeah so there's a giant it's like science fiction go ahead so there's a guy who caught a goldfish uh in france and it's uh it's 67 pounds mm. And apparently they had they had an idea that this thing because people it's a very popular spot for fishing and um, they had an idea that this thing would grow because the, the the whole notion is that goldfish just keep growing depending on what if kind of space feed, they're if in. you keep feeding them yes if you keep feeding them and they you, you if they have a large enough space they'll humans keep will growing. humans will do that too by the way go ahead right <laughs> so it turned this so they never caught this thing but there was rumors about it and then all so it's somebody caught it and it's 67 pounds they and the photograph it, is, is and insane is, is i'll have dead? to send it to you to is put on dead? the night shift is it dead is it dead did they kill catch it kill? Uh, i actually don't know i didn't read that you far. didn't really that you didn't care okay all right well i, I had a story. <laughs> i was too shocked by the you photo shock i had a story that i shared and this is typical life is like science fiction if we were doing a normal show i would have had this on and i would be interested to hear what Ian and the mystery guests had to say. But here, here's this. How's this for a title? Researchers discover how music could be used to trigger a deadly pathogen release. Oh my God! That's 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 if, like the prisoner. If that's not life, is like science fiction. Since researchers at the University of California, Irvine, have discovered that the safe operation of a negative pressure room. A space in a hospital or biological research laboratory designed to protect outside areas from exposure to deadly pathogens could be disrupted by an attacker armed with little more than a smartphone. According to UCI cyber physical system security experts who shared their findings with attendees at the Association for Computing Machinery's recent conference at the Computer and Communication Security in Los Angeles, mechanisms that control airflow in and out of biocontainment facilities can be tricked into functioning irregularly by 
a sound of a particular frequency, possibly tucked surreptitiously into a popular song. Wow. Someone could play a piece of music loaded on their smartphone and get it to transmit from a television or other audio device in a near, like, like you can use your Apple TV, uh, near a negative pressure room, okay? And if that music is embedded with a tone that matches the resonant frequency of pressure controls in one of those spaces, it could cause a malfunction and leak of deadly microbes. Wow. There you go. So here, here's my question. What piece of music would you use? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Clearly Ride of the Valkyries or something like that. Right. You know, or, or maybe uh, that song Happy. But here's yeah. what I think. I, I think, though, coming back to the night shift and what we played, and we talked about some interesting movies. We played, did you guess all the movies that we played? Yes. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. You knew every single one? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the first one was. Don't say it. No, I can't say anything. No, don't say anything now. This is going to ruin it just like the callers who called us (laughs) ruined it. Fool. But suffice it to say that I did uh, did guess them. You did guess them. Accurately. And overall, just the, the cacophony of callers and weirdness and the the and, and the reference to asshead what was your thoughts on all of that oh my god i well the the, the asshead and some other things were, were like dormant memories that i completely remember but forgot about so that was kind of wild what's what was really funny to me was uh was monroe calling and what I think I noticed in hindsight is that the, the thing that's always been obvious is that whenever he calls a show, he always, when you, whenever you take his call and he answers and he, whatever show he's calling, he always, he's always talking like he's already in the middle of saying something. Um, but I, I don't realize I remember how that, that he was that passive aggressive when he would call, when he would call Night Shift, especially, um, with you. He's like, oh, Mike. And uh, so that was sort of, that was sort of funny. just how cogent and coherent we were at that time of, of night at that time. Of oh, yeah, actually, I had the same impression. It yeah. was actually less rambly and, and, and incoherent than I... Yes, it was not incoherent. <laughs> and especially Ian. Ian seemed like such a nice guy. Like I said, if you knew Ian today, uh, he's, he's not quite the same man. So, uh, <laughs> but I hope he's listening. Anyway, um, so... I hope that you enjoy this episode of Classic Night Shift. And, and yes. let me ask you one more thing, uh, my friend. Yes. One of the other things that really stood out to me about listening to the show is just how, you know, there's a caller who, who calls, who, you know, is listening because, you know, her husband is a fan and, and they yes. talk about their relationship. And, and, I, and I remembered I was brought back to so many people who either met through the show or connected from the fact that they were fans of the show. I feel yes. like we I feel like we really had a community. I, I don't know who or what is left, but we definitely had a community. 
I 100%. I, I don't know how many of these people are still alive. Uh, I would you love think to they know. Got, they, killed, they got killed off? Is that what you said? Um, yeah, maybe. Um, you know, I'd even love to know, like, the freaks that would call with, like, the modulation and they would have their, even the freaks would have their shtick. They were like, you know, I'm not gonna, I, I don't have anything meaningful to say, but I'm just gonna call and I'm just gonna, like, belch or swear or play feedback or whatever. I'd even love to know where those people are. Now, what about the people who were, like, recording the show as the show was happening? Oh, yeah, right. You would always hear, like, the... the and yes. play what just happened five minutes ago. That was bizarre. <laughs> that was... And I, that, that was bizarre. Blowing, and I totally remember, and that would happen all the time. And then, yes. yeah, right, somebody was playing a clip of Monroe from, like, two minutes before. It was like, what? And of course, this is like pre like podcast early early computer technology. So this was not something that people were doing. No, it was not. Now I will prepare you now. Just when you listen, the opening is Lazarus. And if you don't know who Lazarus is, this is he's he's a channeled entity. What's interesting to me also about this channeled entity, this channeled entity referred to himself it was really um, expanding our use of pronouns. He, uh, the, the, this channel entity did not, it would, today would consider themselves a they or a we. Right. It was ahead of its time. It was way ahead of its time because clearly it's a channel entity. So the channel entity, uh, called Lazarus, if you know what Lazarus is, then you can look it up. Uh, Lazarus, if you, if you don't know, you can look it up. And Lazarus is exactly what I'm saying, a channel entity. And we used to play Lazarus and Jerome, another channel entity. And right. we had some of the, 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 the actual human being that would channel uh, the entity of Jerome had been here live on the show. So, yeah, we used to do a lot of things in the 90s. Night Shift was an interesting place to be, in my opinion. We were all about expanding the cultures. So, if, if I could just add one comment, I just want to say, in terms of that, um, uh, just to add that it's just, it, you know, the show is always kind of on the edge. You could listen, you could tune in and listen and be like, what that? hell am I listening to? But there was always, you know, you were sort of, not sort of, you were kind of very ahead of, the show was very ahead of its time in terms of things like that and, and even the stories itself. But there, there were a lot of elements and the people themselves that were kind of maybe like 15, 20 years ahead of their time. So in other words, it was sort of fascinating, almost like, like intellectual rubbernecking. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and 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 there were and there were definite stories and things that you touched on that I can't really give you an example of in this moment, but were definitely like it's like well that's happening now, like nobody was talking about viruses back then, right? Yeah, right. Like we do on this episode. So yes, so sit back and prepare to be transported in time, twenty six years ago before the millennia before the year 2000 and it was January it, the, the year had just passed so the theme of the show was change so I think you'll enjoy the music I think you'll enjoy the, the co-hosts and then I'll catch you at the end of the show people. Where's it 
The 70 billion people of Earth, where are they hiding? How long has this been since you've slept? They don't know any better. It's lonely. Stay there you are. Don't come up and look either. No. Oh, but are they happy? Are we? <laughs> they don't. Do they have love in their life? Do we? Are you sure? Part of real success, real success, and being successful, full of success, is that there is also having fun. Now, admittedly, there are people who have a great deal of what might be measured in the tangible sense of being success. Look at the money, look at the position, look at the fame, look at the fortune, look at all the recognition. Oh, look at this, look at that. But are they happy might be a legitimate question. Are they having fun? And they may not be, and therefore we would suggest it's not successful. But part of it is always having fun. A fourth component, the fourth component of what is success is a willingness. A willingness to be, to do, to have anything and everything you want. A willingness, not a deservability, because you all deserve. That's given. You all deserve. Success contains a willingness, a willingness to do any and everything, to be any and everything, to have any and everything, any and everything that you want. That you want, not that you have to have. Not that you must do, but that you want. Oh, that's easy, is it? To do anything and everything you want. To be anything and everything you want. To have anything and everything you want. Many of you are terrified of that. There's only so much success, you see. I can't get greedy. I'll jinx myself if I want more that I have somehow immediately and automatically decided is the limit. If I ask for more, it'll all go away. I am not willing to do anything and everything and be everything that I can be. And you need to be here to be successful. When you talk to people or when people are talked to who are successful and know it, and know how they got there, who do consciously create success, you ask them and indeed they are willing. They are willing to do and be everything they want and anything they want. And they have the willingness to have anything and everything. They see no limit in the arena in which they claim and consciously create success. They see no limit. This compared. As the third is having fun. The fifth is being happy. Being happy. There's a difference. Being happy. As the second is having imagination and desire and expectancy. So the sixth is being creative. Yes, being creative is an absolute part of what success is. There is not a person who is successful consciously who is not also creating. It may not be a vocational creativity. They may not be an artist or, a, or they may not be a composer or a musician or a writer. They may not get paid for their creativity, but they are being creative. 
such a limitation you place upon yourself of thinking creative people have to be painting or they have to be writing or they have to be doing music, etc. And therefore say, oh, I'm not creative because I don't do any of those things. I can't draw. I can't carry a tune. I can't play an instrument. I can't write very well, so I'm not creative. Oh, how you limit yourself. Your whole reality is a product of your creation. If you weren't creative, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have a body and you wouldn't have a floor to stand that body on. Or the an arm to wear your heart on. You are creative. As you allow yourself as a creative person, as a successful person to express that creativity, to acknowledge it. To let yourself not only be creative, but to create. The sixth. And finally, and finally, successful involves power. Power. Eh? That's a scary word, yes? Ooh, don't say powerful. Don't say power. That's scary to me. Successful people are powerful people. People who have success who and who function in a successful manner are powerful when you've done it consciously. Admittedly, there are people with lots of, quote, success by your standards. Look at all the money. Look at all of this. Look at all of that. Look at all they have. Oh, they have everything. They don't feel powerful. They are not successful, even though they are surrounded with what you might call success. Successfulness involves power, the ability to act. We did not say involves manipulation. We did not say involves bullying. We did not say involves controlling or, or hurting or doing any damage. We did not say that. We did not say the ability to maneuver and manipulate. We said the ability to act, to have power. Power is an integral part of what is success. And therefore, as you look at your own life and you look at your own energy, am I successful? Am I demonstrating these seven components? Somewhat. Where? Where are you demonstrating them? That's where you're successful. That's where you're approaching success if you aren't fully there yet. Where you are not demonstrating this is where you're not being successful. Clear. Yeah. How are you doing it is the direct manifestation. How am I accessing resources? How am I being powerful? How is it? that I'm either using my imagination, my expectancy, my desire, or my creative creating? How is it that I'm working with having fun or being happy? What is my willingness to have and be and do any and everything that I want? So easy to slip the word have to in there, but that's not what it's about, you see. It's what I want, what I want. That's how you can measure where I am successfully or not. Those are the components that make up what success is. Maybe it's difficult to define sex, success therefore in 25 words or less, but we would suggest at least you can have a cogent definition by working with those seven components of knowing. That's what the core of success is all about. Now, a little aside, we have suggested on numerous occasions the steps of getting someplace are the qualities of being there. We would suggest the same is true in reverse. The qualities of being somewhere are the steps of getting there. So therefore, if these are the seven qualities of being successful, then they are also the seven steps to gain that success. And we would suggest as a rudimentary level, that is true. At a rudimentary level, 
if you will create access to resources, if you will develop an imagination, a desire, an expectancy, if you will open yourself up to that energy of having fun every day do something that you're having fun at make sure you take time out to have fun if you haven't done it otherwise and to be willing to be willing forget deservability for now you can pick it up later forget it for now and work with a willingness a willingness opening yourself therefore opening yourself to being happy find out what's wrong with being happy why that's not okay for you what's going to happen to you who's going to strike you down if you're happy to look at that creativity and define your creativity not to throw up your hands and say I don't know what it is I don't know where it is look for it and find it and then to let yourself be powerful if you will do that you will become successful but that's not what fully we are meaning when we talk about the success steps they are steps to success but they're not fully the success steps that we are talking about and will be discussing later but it's important to remind yourself of that end of a side It is easier to succeed than it is to fail. It is easier to succeed than it is to fail, au contraire. Eh? A few of you have some argument with that statement. Eh? We would suggest, in fact, it is much more difficult to fail. You got to work at failure. You got to work at failure. You don't have to work at success. That's a lovely little phrase, yes. Lovely little axiom, an axiomatic statement that you can remember and use at the next party. It's much more difficult to fail than it is to succeed. Success is much easier than failure. You have to work hard to fail. It's easy to succeed. <laughs> Lovely little statements. That's the conjugation of an axiom. Eh? But let it in. Let it in. It is much more difficult to fail. You have to work at failure. First of all, to fail, you have to remember the lie. You have to remember your rationalization, your excuse. You've got to remember why you're failing. What your mother did to you, what your father did to you, what your siblings did to you, what that competition did to you, what it meant to be born third among seven, what it meant to you. You got to remember the lie. And you've got to keep reminding yourself, that's right, they screwed me up, that's right, they screwed me up, that's right, they did me in. You've got to remember that lie. That takes more work than not remembering the lie, than realizing it's all illusion. You created it all. They did only what you asked them to do on other levels, only what you permitted them to do. To fail, you've got to remember the lie. Secondly, you watch any show on Nova or on, on 21st Century or Discovery Channel or Explorer or any of these shows that document the function of nature. And everyone will conclude that nature is in perfect balance. Nature is geared miraculously to succeed through symbiotic relationships of plants and minerals and the animal kingdom they are all working in harmony for the betterment and for the success and they are all working harmoniously for success except you except you you're the only ones out of balance you're the only ones out of sync the entire cosmos is resonating at success and you all by yourself 
and having to resist that resonance. That takes far more work to swim upstream, to fail, than to flow with the stream and succeed. You've got to remember the lie and you've got to resist the resonance of success, the harmony of reality. Everything is geared to succeed.
We are not bound by 
previously sponsored radio. 99.5 FM. Testing. It's going to take us somewhere. Like, <laughs> stop it. I'm sorry. I'm Starship sorry. Night Shift. So, you're tuned to listener sponsored radio, WBAI 99.5 FM. The name of the show is Night Shift Normally. Well, Night Shift Normally. There's another co host. His name is Byron Saunders, but Byron Saunders is not here, and he may not be back. But we've got the return of two old favorites. Best of yes. Here they are. We have Ian Holt, the Dracul expert. How do you do? Yes. And we have the infamous mystery guest. Hello. Hello, mystery guest. Hello. Are these callers already? No. Well, that's old Macy. Hello, you're the air. That is not old Macy, believe you me. Who is that? It's a maniac. It's a maniac. Am 
must be the ENT. I resemble that remark. <laughs> all right. So if we all. Now, who, who is it's got the uh, sound effect? I wish I knew. It's driving me crazy. Have they been doing it the whole time you're on the phone? Oh, yeah. That's really bizarre. You call into a show and, like, there's some freak playing sound effects. Like, he's not even on the air. He's still playing it for the two callers listening. <laughs> Sound of urine. No, thank you. Let's see. Let's just get rid of everybody and we'll start fresh and anew. Uh, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I haven't even given out the number, but let me tell you what kind of show this is in case you've never heard it before and you were drawn in by that mind-bending music a minute ago. All right. It's a sort of a late-night magazine. It's called Night Shift. I'm Mike Sargent. We've got the mystery guest and we've got Ian. Let him just be known as Ian. And then we take calls, we play music, we have interviews, we have several topics to discuss this morning, most of which, and the focus of this morning's show being change. That's right. It's a new year. Last year is over. We hope. This is, no, listen, it's over. You understand? And you use this. No cosmic residue. Listen to me. Listen to me. You use this as a time You know, you're right. Ladies and gentlemen, you ever get something called the slow blink syndrome, signifying no comprehension? Well, I kind of got it, but watching you no, do it you is a lot more listen, intense listen. than listening to it. Believe me, you guys out there. He was totally into it. He I was just, I know he was into about. this change thing. I know what I'm thing. talking about. He was Don't serious about it. insinuate that I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Like I was saying, there's a late night magazine. We have various things we talk about. We have topics. We sometimes have interviews. And I'm going to talk about what the new format's going to be, or at least the changes in the old format. You know, Byron's not even Hey, here. there's that word again. So change. That's right. Change. That's right. The end of the year. The beginning of the new one. Who's not listening? Change. Listen. What'd you say? Who's not listening? <laughs> okay. Uh... Let's see who's calling. Now, the phone number here is... There's no hope for the best situation. Okay. And we haven't even really opened up a topic yet. So you realize anybody that's calling now... It's just diehard junkies. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> now, I do have something I do want to do with you, Ian, because you're in a science fiction and film aficionado. Huh. Okay. Uh, I'll have a little bit of the contest. I'm just going to throw this in here for you. Okay. okay. The contest is I have about four or five scenes from one of those science fiction films, but I have picked scenes that you have to be a total freak with <laughs> over and over to know what it is. Well, see, if it's scenes from stuff you watch, now I'm really afraid. Be afraid. I'm the same thing what I watch. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a test. It's okay, it's a test. Now, the, the mystery gets me score a full five, you know, and sort of sit back and not say anything. I'm on the spot. So, so now, along with that, Ian, there's yes. something else you've never experienced here on the show. We have a section called Life as Science Fiction. Okay. We take articles from media, newspaper, the garbage that we call newspapers, and they're just things that help prove that life really has become like a science fiction, more like a novel than a movie. More like a novel, but a good, gritty, like, wow, some high concepts going on here. You know what I'm saying? So, Ian? Well, the scariest science fiction of all is... Uh, reality. It's reality. Yes. Is that what you're going to say? I was going to say, that was second. My first was, like, Washington. 
<laughs> the Capitol. It's like the scariest oh, science oh, oh, fiction. Oh, why? Washington. Oh, okay. Right. okay that's the scariest science fiction. That is scary. It's it's it terrifying. Scary, it? Makes body of the uh, how about, invasion how about of body snatches. How about long? let's make it bigger? Not Washington. Government. Yes. Government. Yes. Science fiction. That's a better word. Governments are a science fiction concept anyway. All right. So here we are. Here, standing, sitting, listening, playing, talking, on the edge. Here, on the Listener Spots Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Listener Spots Radio. This is your third show. That's right. You're on the first show of the year. And the mystery guest, you know, we lost count. Yeah. You don't, you don't mention What do you mean? We do mention Yes, we do. Listen. Listen. I'll show you. Watch. Hello, you're on the air. That's <laughs> 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 like you dog called up. Exactly. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Who's this? I'm saying hi. Okay. Who are you? Mystery guest? No. What do you mean, mystery guest? <laughs> oh my God. Well, Ming, thank you for helping. I don't feel validated. You, you said, do you remember or do I know? No, do you remember? Um, what would I remember the mystery guest from? This show. No, I just tuned in like um, about 10, 15 minutes ago. I wasn't with you from the beginning. Okay. My husband was with you from the beginning, but he went to I hear you. So you, you, you're taking you, your second shift. I'm going to say you two listen in shifts. And exactly. You tell him what he missed. And he tells well, he used to, no, he used to know, listen a, a good, lot before. That's a good way of doing it. You know? What? No, that's a, good, that's a good method. He used to be a regular listener, but then he wasn't home a lot, and he didn't listen. And then I never knew he listened until I stumbled across you one night, and he said, I used to listen to that show, and I was like, 
the show. <laughs> you two were meant to be together. You know and what I'm he, saying? He told me to... Remember I called that and asked you what happened to Chris because he told me to ask you what happened to Chris. She got swallowed up by over, you know, feedback. <laughs> exactly. He's talking. Swallowed up by All of a sudden, so I guess if you call at your own peril, too, and you call for your message, you can get swallowed up by feedback. Uh, but, so that's interesting. What do you think? Whole family and everything. Well, everyone getting involved, getting together. That's right. You know, they could use it, uh, marriage counselors, you know, everyone gather around, listen to What are to you reading. trying to say? Yeah, I <laughs> Aren't you reading a little bit in? Just a tad. All right, 212-279-3400. Uh, we're going to ask you all, to, those who call, be good if you know science fiction so you can participate in the contest. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to be calling number one. Hello, your name. What happened? Uh, you got swallowed up by feedback. Okay. How, how did it feel? So it felt really bad. Like a vibrating bath. You close the centigrade. It just felt like it was really being uh, alienated from you guys. Really? It was a feeling of alienation. That's good. Yes. I was trapped in the overfeed and it was lonely. Okay. All right. So you're going to be calling them on. Do you, do you watch science fiction? Come on. I do something. Of course you do. Of course you do. Uh, no. Sure. I listen but my husband told me you guys are like real big science fiction. Robot science fiction? No, he said real big. Oh, I real didn't big. say robot. Like this, you know, <laughs> term, derogatory term about science fiction. People that I even know about. We're big science, science fiction. Science fiction. <laughs> what? We're not just science fiction. We're big science fiction. Big into science fiction. Uh, right. so you're the, big on science fiction. Yeah. Flowing through your uh, I thought he did a good job in some of his uh, outcries against um, the injustices of uh, society. Well, 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 well done. Of course you like that. Well, where is he? Well, that's Byron, right. Byron, where is he? Because that's what radio is all about. I understand. Well, you know what? Well, I'm leaving the show. Byron's going to do the show by himself. Well, whatever. But, I mean, this, to cast him off like you did offends my... Uh, Sensibility. Monroe, well, right, I didn't cast them off. But I wish Monroe, you the best of the new continuum. Where'd that? he go? You wish your best of the new continuum? Yeah, I mean, this New Year stuff is just a whole lot of um, old fashioned mind the rot, you know? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> mind <laughs> Yes, because mind the world rot. Goes on, I hear you. Breathing. Uh, old we keep doing mind things. Rot. It got to you, huh? Mind rot, like on New Year's Eve. It got to him. I'm listening. We keep doing things, what, the same? I'm yes, I mean, the, the, the fact that you change, change a digit is, 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 is uh, unbelievably offensive to me that, <laughs> that, that uh, <laughs> the fact that you change it would be good. Uh, I, I 
Monroe. Monroe. Yes, Monroe. Could, would, would you want to participate in the contest? Are you, are you the down? contest? I don't participate I in the contest. Why not? I know where I'm at. I'm not the world's leading expert. Yes. Yes. I was alive you're when they like had the quiz program. You know your limitations. That's why it is. No, maybe it's something that's winning. He doesn't want to show off. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's true. That. I've won a certain of course, yeah. wins, but the point is, <laughs> uh, I my contest disconcerting. I won. Uh, I won. I won. Won a win too. All right, guys, carry on. I, Thank I you. enjoy the music. Thank you. I enjoy some of the mixes, and okay. uh, I just feel badly when all of a sudden somebody is uh, curtailed. You know. Uh, you know. I'm. You know, Byron. You feel for Byron, and you know. Nothing happened. Where is he? He's just not here. And he may not be here, you said. And he may not be here. Did you guys I mean, he can't call in by phone. (laughs) His presence can't be a part of the show anymore. He is in the middle of my experience. Okay. In denial. No. (laughs) (laughs) In denial. He's denying me. Goodbye. Goodbye.
think it was Asshead. Asshead? Just... <laughs> asshead is the one who normally does that kind of thing. It could be Asshead. It could be Asshead. This is the new Asshead. Hello. Hello, yeah. I don't know what that movie is. I don't say it. You sure you know? Uh-huh. All right, don't say nothing. This is, this is caller number three, right? right that's caller. You're caller number three. Let's take call number four. Hell, you're in the end. Yes. <laughs> you are absolutely correct, sir. <laughs> and you win a life-size Byron doll. No, it is not that. But, but do you think you know the, the, the film?
Let's go to the next one. Oh, 
Too easy, of course. Come on, Ming, you know this. Yeah, 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 I no, know give, you know this. Give her a hint. No, 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 no. Going to give Ming clues because no, no, Ming's not the Ming, Ming, maybe there'll just be some freak chance that you watched something that I played the other night. Mike, you've taught me well. That's good. I see. I see you are. You are Jedi now. You may go ahead. No, Mike. I feel like. Are you taping the show? No, I can't oh. wake up at the time you're playing it, but you're scratchy. Oh, yeah, you wake up here. I want to... What is it? <laughs> oh, it's... Uh, blah, blah, blah. If you knew, then, like, divorce him. Okay, hello. No. Shh, shh, shh. I'll take a call. Let's see if... Uh, listen. Do not, Let me, yell do not yell out the name of Phil. If you do think you know... If you think you know Yell it out. We have whatever ID. We will find you. Exactly. You will find you. Hell, you're in the air. You think you know. You're calling number three. I mean, totally right. Totally right. Okay. Are we all? That's good. That is can be a state of being. She's got a sample of herself stirring. <laughs> in, in, imperfections in it. It's a sample of her grounded coffee, and it's got like some glitches in it. <laughs> what are you doing? She's got like a, a self-filling cushion. Okay. <laughs> you please. Four, you still stay there, okay? Number four? You beat the mute. Yeah, maybe you just turned into that sound. Hello, hello you're the you know, like you beat the metamorph. Hello, you're the total retard. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Two, one, two, one, two. Show. Night, 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 night. 
to stop. Yeah. Whatever you're doing. Two one two two seven nine three four hundred. The bones. Right, right. Mm. And they're talking about having kids. Interesting. Mm, Algie said, mmm. Too easy. I know, right? All too easy for you. I thought you were going to challenge me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I have a funny feeling I might get stumped with the next one. I got one, Mike. I got one for you. Okay. This is not a boating accident. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I just threw that throwing at you. Do you know what it is? What is it? <laughs> oh, Ming, you should know it's that. An one. obvious movie fan. I was the. You know, I had high hopes for Ming. These dishes come entirely from my ocean kitchen. There's nothing here of the earth. Remarkable. This tastes like veal. The flavor deceives you. It is filet of sea snake. That is a brisket of blowfish with sea squirt dressing, basic barnacles. It's very good. In fact, it's better than lamb. Yes, my cook excels in preparing these various products. I'm not finished, are you? Uh, just the main course. Uh, that's the cream mayor. The cream is, of course, milk from the giant sperm whale. 
Now those delicious fruits you are eating are actually preserves made from sea cucumbers. Well, I never guessed it. They are excellent. Teacher pudding, Mr. Lamb. Say it's sure it's pudding. I thought you were play the whole movie for us. No, I just love that scene. I know what I name the movie. I can name the actor speaking. That sounds extremely familiar, but I can't think of a movie. I know what you're really if you didn't get this, is not a boating accident. Yes, yes, but no. Good try. Door number three. And what's your? What do you think it is? That sounded like you like you played another clip, but the first one that you played, I would say, um, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yes, yes. you are absolutely uh, correct. Then the man wins a cupid doll. Yes, you do. Okay. Now, can you name for extra for where the extra rounds where the points really can go that's up? Can you one. name the actors? That that's I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you quite right off the bat, but what. When you started playing it, I immediately got a mental image of being inside of the Nautilus. Well, I, and, I hear you. and then I had to think about it, and then I got the, that's the answer. Well, the wow. Mysterious Island guy was very close. And that's I very simple. Tell me, then, tell me the next song. And speaking on that Give tape was James Mason, Kirk Douglas, and Peter Laurie. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Peter Laurie wasn't in that scene. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't saying yeah, that. He said one, he had something to say there. What did he say? He said one thing. He said, pass something. Oh, yeah, pass the so, something. I caught that Peter Laurie. You can't miss that voice. Oh, I got a question about a movie for you. I, I got some life of science fiction for you. Check that question. That's <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. What, 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 what's your question? Uh, the question is, have you ever seen a Peter, Bo- or have anyone out there ever seen a Peter Bogdanovich movie called Targets? Target. What's it about? I just found out it stars Boris Karloff, um, no, released by Paramount. He plays a retiring horror movie star in his 70s. This was his, one of his last films. 
who wants to retire from the business, even though he's still getting offers because he thinks the horror in the streets is scarier than anything in the movies. And it winds up that he winds up saving a crowd from a sniper in this movie. And he was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor for it. Get out of yes. here. What year was this? <laughs> the early 70s Paramount Pictures release. Nominated Peter Bogdanovich's first film. Nominated Targets. Boris Karloff. Yes. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff for, for an Oscar for a movie called Targets. That is my new tie. That's 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 you. That's good. Is that good? That's, that's good. Something that's something that Johnny good. Depp made up on the set of Ed Wood. No, 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 no. no, no. This that's was good. this was shown. They showed scenes you, from it you see me in? yesterday. They are full fledged something. I don't know. I don't know what it is either. I've been trying to know figure that, that all the fact my that life. You know that? All right. So now, have you seen the film? No, I just found that existed last night, and I was so surprised that. Who did you find out from? Hey, I don't give up my exactly, sources. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's some older freak. I got connections. It's like Mike Miller. Mike Miller learns things from Cadillac. Peter Bogdanovich. Now, I do want to talk to you about something now here, Ian. And, and I call Mr. him Vichy. Wait a minute. What CD was that? Oh, that to? that was. Um, excuse me. What was that? That was Abstract Workshop. Okay. That cut that we were listening to is by a group named Funky Porcini. <laughs> Funky Porcini. And the name of the tune was Circle Line. That was good. Yeah. Hey, like the boat. Right. Well, yes. Now, I'll play my favorite cut from this. It's my favorite cut. I even use it as a temp score for my film. And now, the favorite cut. The favorite cut. I think it's great. I just love this cut. All right, so we're going to move ahead a little here. Uh, Ian, I'm going to read to you a little uh, Life of Science Fiction. Are you, are you familiar with this? Uh, I think I'm familiar with it. Now, first of all, I, I, I'm going to fill in the Byron stuff here. Because it's kind of funny because I, I started this and then Byron totally, totally took it over. And, you know, who knows? You put an idea out there. Byron often says when he reads this stuff, he says, you, you can't make this stuff up, folks. You know, he said, you've heard him say that. All right. This section in this newspaper is called, you can't make this stuff up. You know <laughs> oh what I'm saying? God. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, hey, you know, man, this is, does he? All right. Well, then that's where Byron got it. No. And he brought it to the show. Byron probably no, Byron, At least somebody says I things that make spontaneously go. create that. Okay. Here's this. Now, this, this is something that we actually get. This is, this is like... This is a, I don't know if you want to call this a trend in newspapers to, to have this type of news. But, you know, here it is. Okay. The name of the article is Just Give Us a Second. It says, in case you missed it, the last day of 1995 contained a leap second. An extra second that was added to the final minute of the year. In the Eastern Standard Time Zone, that meant that the minute that began at 6.59 p.m. Sunday contained 61 seconds. The change was made by the International Earth Rotation Service in France to bring the world's atomic clocks back into sync with the movements of the Earth. Why? Earth's rotation has been slowing down slightly. Now... If someone put that in a movie, I'd what? say exactly, what? exactly. That this is for real. The Earth's rotation has been slowing down slightly, and man-made clocks have had to compensate. I can believe that. That's scary. 
That shouldn't scare That's you. That's not scary. That says so much. So when, if the Earth slows down, time moves slower. No wonder I've been bored that lately. Well, I think there might be other yes. reasons. That's straight out of science. In, in addition, it's not seven and a half seconds a year. Then we really have to worry. That's straight out of science. One fiction. second is fine. Oh, one second's fine. Hey, one second time slips fine. Hey. Hey. That's for now. <laughs> they said slowing. That's for now. That's slowing, meaning it's still slowing down. Of course, and who knows what will happen. Next year it'll be two seconds. Perhaps we'll be flung from the planet. <laughs> That's because they put so many spaceships in outer space, they're making the Earth lighter and it's slowing down. Right. Oh, that's okay. a great theory. That you are just a yeah, genius, excellent. I think. I don't think that's a good theory at all. That's oh. too much science fiction. The weight of the Earth, and it, took, and it took one second off for the last 15 years. Okay, like that's a Superman, man, right? I had to cut him off. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. All right, okay. Hello, you're on the air. It's been... What's that? It's been slowing down since the beginning of time. We used to have much shorter days. That's, oh. It's a constant thing. This is no surprise. Thank you. This is no, you know, this is kind of a New Yorker. This is no surprise. Earth has been slowing <laughs> down. Earth has been there. slowing down for years. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you tuned to listen to sponsored radio. Still say it's freaky. WBAI. Well, the illusion's been spoiled. Ninety-nine point five FM. The name of the show. Night shift. As the Earth slows down, we listen to night shift, and we change. I can feel the change. I mean, what's the cumulative effect of the Earth slowing down over time? What I want to know. What happens? I really don't know. I really don't know. We should ask Mr. Ukaku. Is what he the still there? Yeah, he's still here. Yes, he's still here at WBAI. I, I don't know what the cumulative... To me, that's the life of science fiction part. It's like, well, something's happening. It's a small, yes. insignificant... You can't make this so stuff up! If it keeps Stories. slowing down, will the retro exactly. action eventually send it back in the other direction? And then, like in Superman, when you turn the world around, we start going back in time? 
yes. Yes, Ian. Yes, Ian. Ian. Yes. Where's oh old Macy? Old Macy, God. where are you? Wake up. Hello, you're on the air. <laughs> Hello, you're on the air. This is Del from Brooklyn. Del from Brooklyn. Hey, what's up? How you doing, man? You mind if I make a little announcement? Uh, is it uh, safe? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, we have an open mic poetry reading this Friday coming up. It's free. It's open to all poet, rap, lyricists, musicians, dancers, singers.
<laughs> Someone is yelling out, Four more years to the apocalypse! You know, at Probably like right. 12 a.m. Oh, New York God. City. Well, if everybody thinks that way, that's exactly Hey, did you know, and I think it was the Hopi Indians, this is one yes, of your life. Oh, I listen, you no, wait, 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 wait. Have you heard about the, the, the lamb that was born? The lamb, lamb that prophecy. was born. The lamb is the lamb that happened. The lamb that was, that was born. I think it has to be born a white and turn black. No, I didn't hear about it. Okay, their prophecy is that when a lamb is born black. white, and then within two weeks turns black, it's a signaling of uh, the end of times has is upon us. And it happened. Yeah, the end, it is, happened nigh. The end is nigh. All right. Yeah. Well, then, then there it is. Okay, 1996. Let, let's just see the direction of man. At this okay. time, okay? That's what we're going to do. Well, I think the problem is we lack direction. No, 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 no. That I, I is don't not think that's the problem. The problem. No. the problem is not our lack of direction, son. You understand? I will let you lead our I will let But you all lead the ships now. must flow in the same direction. No, no, no. I what movie is that from? It's not a science fiction. It's not a science fiction movie. Well, you know, that's all I know. It's, it's Godfather 3. Yeah. I see. I, I never saw Godfather 3. I'm shocked. Ashamed. I know, I know. Listen, only in like a year and a half ago or two years, when Godfather 3 came out, I finally saw Godfather 1 and 2 in preparation to see Godfather 3, and I never got to see Godfather 3. I had never seen them. Now, what, that's three years ago, something like that. And how many times have you seen Star Wars? In the theater? Just how many times have you seen Star Wars? I've lost count. And don't you feel silly that one of those times, of all those times that you've lost count of, you could have not watched Star Wars and watched Godfather? Three? Or any one of them. Well, you haven't I seen watched them. the first, I watched the first two three years ago, on video. Um, okay. Yeah, I did, and in preparation to watch number three, but then I never got to see number three. Why not? It didn't happen. Why not? Did you want to see it? I watched the first two in preparation to see it. But so you wanted to see it, and you didn't make it happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. He didn't make it. Happen. I didn't make it happen. He didn't want it bad enough. I didn't enough. want it bad. I, I didn't want it bad enough. That's it, see? That's no, true. that makes it's sense. True. It's you true. didn't want it subconsciously. But at least I know, but I know that. I'm not ashamed of not wanting to see Godfather 3. Now, the question is why? Why? Well, that's not a question, really. It's an answer. And now, here it is. You ready? Okay, here we go. Well, Gabe. Decoding microbes' genes, the next big mission. Okay. <laughs> A major project. Why do we Just wait on these microbe genes. Listen to me. You know? Listen to me. Okay. Okay. Microbe genes. A major project to dissect the world's worst disease-causing bugs, snipping them apart gene by gene to search for weak links to exploit, should be next on the science crowded agenda. Science's crowded agenda. <laughs> Shut up. Agenda. <laughs> should be next on the science's crowded agenda. Two disease experts urge. Understanding the genes that made some bacteria, fungi, and parasites so dangerous could open up broad new avenues for treatments and vaccines, the experts said. The goal would be to identify every potential drug target, target and every potential protective antigen, which is a protein, for vaccines in at least the 25 major bacterial and parasitic pathogens, pathogens, pathogens in man. Okay, now, so that all sounds okay. Standard right. science. Then they go on to talk about it could exploit much of the technology already developed for the massive $3 billion human genome project, which aims to decipher all of the 80,000 or so genes in humans by the year 2005. 
then we can make a human. It's alive! Alive! It's, it's happening. Dr. Frankenstein lives. We can make him better than he was. Faster. Stronger. Now, this is let, let, Gabriel Aston. This is Gabriel. No, this, is Gabriel. this is Gabriel. This is Gabriel. Last yeah, soundtrack. It, it's it's sort of it's a reworking or something from that. Okay, uh, but now here, now just, so just let that think. Just think to me. Just let that sink in for a minute. The whole idea of what we're planning to do is decipher all of the eighty thousand genes in the. Now let's move over. Now we've already talked about a project should be happening. We're already talking about mm. what should we be doing with the technology and the money that they've already put aside to do gene work, right? Okay. Now we go to this. Bloom noted that viruses are not included in the new proposal because they are already being rapidly deciphered. The genes of many viruses, including the AIDS virus, are now well known. One reason that the viruses have relatively few genes, that's all they need to take command of a cell and direct thousands of cellular genes to do their bidding. And they, these are what you, call, uh, what you call sequencing a virus. Now, think about this for a second. We, first, we understand the control of genes. Mm -hmm. First, we understand all that they are. Then we understand the control of them. Right. I'm going to read that last sentence here again. The genes of many viruses, including the AIDS viruses, are now well known. Yeah. We heard. Oh, it's a scary implication that well, you're making. When I, when I, I, there are a few implications that I'm making, and and. So let's say we've got, we've, I guess this, what Jeff Goldblum had all the best lines at Jurassic Park, you know, just we can't, just because we can do something, we packaged we it, it, we processed it, and before you know what you had, you, you, you sold it, you sold it, you shipped it. Well, not that line, but that was a great line too. Yeah, it was. was great line so, there it is. Yeah, but the thing about Pirates of the Caribbean, when the, when the, when the rides go wrong, <laughs> the pirates don't eat the tourists. Ian, like, knows, Ian, all right, obviously the Jurassic Park thing is not the thing to play for you. You know every line from film. I know a lot, every line from every movie. No, not really, but. You see that Ian is, is a total. Is that all your life is science fiction? No, I had one more. Why did you want to hear another one? You didn't like that one? Well, I was wondering the point you were trying to make. Well, I guess the point I, I was trying to make is, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, what, well, you, uh, what I, I'll tell you what I got. Okay. And then you, you tell, tell me, me what you I'll got. tell you what I got. I'll, I'll tell you what uh, my point was. I got that ahead. you were trying. You were what I was got from your implications was yes. that since they knew the uh, all the genes that were in HIV and other viruses, and then I think the last line said you can control them or something like that. Well, it says that they're well known. Now. They're well known, and go on. Well, that's what it says. They're right, well they're well known. known, but there's also if they're well known, then they can be controlled, and if they know how to control them and they know the genes, you're saying what I got was that. Maybe these genes, these viruses that are being released or whatever are controlled by people. They can control them to release them at their leisure. Tip of the iceberg. Okay. Tip of the iceberg. But yes, yes. Well, no, that's, 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 that's tip of the iceberg. I'll, I'll just, a couple more things I guess I'm suggesting is, is that, you know, the whole concept of, of understanding our quote-unquote genetics is, is something, uh, you know, I think it could go for a little bit deeper discussion here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I also think that, 
yes, I think that, that there's definitely viruses that we've created for different reasons, for different uses. I mean, we've done all kinds of testing for all kinds of reasons. Things sure. We won't know about What about the radiation testing that we're just 20, finding out about nothing. now? What they did to yeah, people. exactly. I mean, that's if we're just, up to this, you know. if we're up to this, you know that they're talking about what they're going to do. $3 billion has been put aside, but they're not even sure what they're going to do next with it. $3 billion. You don't just give $3 billion to anything without specific purposes and control and things being planned is they got you know they got to have things that they want to get out of this they're not putting three billion dollars to to other things well i mean i'm say. sure the ultimate goal would be other to make to, to, to make a human to go for the very you know source of life i mean they're all dr frankenstein's in a okay way. and well, I mean, isn't the greatest power of all? If God created man, or whatever you believe, and then you create, and you believe that, and you create man yourself, then you are like a god. You are well, Zeus. You manipulate, or, right? Man, you're the you Pharaoh. Anything, you know, whatever right. you want to say. Exactly. God on earth. You that's, created life. That's that's again next level of the iceberg. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm I, that that I'm that I'm implicating all those things, uh, and also I think that part of the thing is is if if the the genes of of AIDS are now well known. And there hasn't isn't a cure. Does that mean that we don't know what we're doing? No, just because we're not putting the three billion dollars into finding the cure, instead of researching more things, which right now exactly. would be more advantageous exactly. to the human race to solve AIDS. That's what it really is. What exactly. they're saying is we're not putting any more money towards exactly. this because we have all the information we're interested in gaining. In gaining, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, there it is. <laughs> so again. Uh, putting these these elements together is very suggestive of that science fiction concept we talked about before called government. Yeah. So there it is. Forget That's it. to me life is science fiction. Well, when you know the Republicans want to over budget the uh, defense fund by seven billion dollars that they don't even need the Secretary of Defense that we don't even need the Pentagon said we don't need. Why doesn't that money just instead of putting it there? Why doesn't it go to AIDS research or something worthwhile? I can't think of anything more worthwhile than that. But why? Well, I, I do have one more life of science fiction. But yes, okay. yes yeah, I agree with you. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. But but again, it's it's a question of priorities, and that, that's yeah, really what I'm getting. Of course, it's priorities, and priorities it doesn't even come down to Republican. It comes down to government, priorities. And, government, and, and government. All the bullshit it's become. Excuse me, but shh, shh. quiet, girl. It's true. Quiet, girl. It's true. Please. This is Melissa Sponsored Radio WBAI. The uh, you know, forgive us. All right, so. <laughs> I'll let you on the air. Let's see who's here. Hey, how's it going? I just, I, I was thinking about the moral implications of making a clone. Yeah, well, a clone. Let, let's 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 just say or we're going to do. Being. I think splicing is is the key. Like, let's create perfect humans. Four. Listen, you also Blade Runner, didn't you? I did. What will we create humans for? We're not going to create humans to rule us. We're not going to create people better than ourselves. We're going to create you know, something less. You know, just I'm just thinking that we something. can control. There's a whole, you know, this week on the, I've noticed like on TV a lot, they're playing all the uh, Planet of the Apes on the sci-fi channel. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, you, of course, were I watching. No, I haven't watched them. Don't lie. Don't I, lie. I don't really, lie. I haven't. He has them on TV. Don't lie. I, I own all of them. Oh, so I, I, I can watch them whenever yeah. I want, uncut, yeah, and all the dirty lines and all the dirty words still there. <laughs> Are there dirty words in the, in the Planet of the Apes? Well, yeah. Well, I what they consider dirty, dirty words. words. <laughs> yeah. Dirty, naughty, dirty words. Damn you all the hell. Yeah. Damn. Well, you know, that's it. The dirty words of the Planet of the Apes. Right. Some, yeah. some subject here. Someone should wash like, Taylor's mouth yeah. out. Okay, I'm with you. But the thing about that is now, if you look at, if you go in really into this series and you go to Conquest of the Planet of the Apes when none of the apes could talk and they were teaching them to serve, the new Planet of the Apes that's in pre production right now. 
And, and why? But we won't Well, I don't know if it's going to be a remake or a sequel or something. I think it's, it's going to actually... It's a remake. What do you mean? No, it's actually not... It has not going to remake of the original. That no, I know no, for sure. No, they're, they're another interpretation of, of the concept. Of the, right. It's based on the Clearly. series. But what they, what they said was that in order to create the more perfect subservient ape, as in they did in Conquest to expand the third one, is that... That's genetic. It's they a created, genetic... Right, and that's why they look creation. half human. That's right. why they look half human and... I and always assumed it was that way when I saw it. As so a child. did I, but I, you know, science fiction was embedded in my but mind. But a lot of people said at that time because everything was nuclear. Said, "Oh, it was radiation that a mutation." Wow, same thing, right. same thing. Mutation, but, mutants. They were mutated apes, right? You know, wasn't that the implication <laughs> of the first one? No, no. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. In the first one, it was it had a lot more answers in the first one than in any of the others. A lot of the others they abandoned great answers given by the first one oh, yeah. in order to continue well, the series. Right, but I, you know, the first one to me was. You you know, it always seemed to me like there was a nuclear holocaust. And That's what I thought. I didn't think apes were like working for humans and all of that. And, uh, and then uh, then it was an evolutionary. At, at that, I feel evolutionary. That's what I thought. And I think the second one didn't those people that lived in the tunnel forget the, all of them after the first. Forget <laughs> them. I, don't, I, don't even, I don't acknowledge them. Okay. <laughs> I don't acknowledge them. They're okay, exactly so we're not going to stay on Planet of the Apes, though. Well, I think all of them well, are good. Well, it's five twenty-two. Why don't you hang up on? Oh, yes, the yes, of course. Yeah. There's this, this a problem. You, people, you think people are telling you to shut up too, right? Yes. Shut up. No, I didn't say anything. Okay. Uh, we'll take one more call. Hello, you're in the air. Hello? Hello. Yeah. How are you doing? How you doing? How are you doing? Good. Um, the reason why I called was um, I saw that movie um, with Peter Vartanovich made. Oh, you did see it? Yeah. Was um, it good? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was on last year on the Sci-Fi Channel. Really? Yeah, they they were showing it, and um, it was wow. really interesting because um, Peter Vitanovich was saying that probably the reason why he won the Oscar was he gave a big speech, and after he gave the speech, like everyone on the set was like applauding and cheering. Yeah, they said he was fantastic, and Bogdanovich wrote the character for him. Yeah, wow. and, and and Bogdanovich also was in the movie too. He, he was. That's interesting. Well, now you see. Now, thank you for calling. What's your Thanks. name? Thanks. Yeah. My name's Matt. Matt, you're the man, Matt. I you are you the man, the Matt. Matt, you're the man. Um, also, I wanted to mention, Mike, um, I, I was at J&R Music World, and I picked up um, the Blue Mac on CD. Excellent. I have it. I have oh, two versions. The new release and the old one. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Jerry. <laughs> I have it all. You have it all. Cool. Yes. Everything. You name it. They also remastered Lionheart, too. They remastered it. Yeah. Is it better than the first? Well, I actually, that. it's the same, it's just, but... I'll have it tomorrow. Lionheart? <laughs> you mean the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme, of course. No, no, not that no, one. The one with Eric Stoltz. Yes. No, yes. Eric Stoltz. Bizarrely well, the enough. The thing is, there's two tracks missing on it, though. Oh, well, then, then I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. Well, is it sound better? Is it like like the Planet of the Apes? The new Planet of the Apes they came out with, the extra cut is like... <gasps> Night and day to make you toss your old CD in the fire. Really? I have yes. the old You go, my God, they were ripping me off. That wasn't even sound, you know, when oh, you hear cool. it. Really, it's, it's the new Planet of the Apes, get it, extra who's, cut. It's got who's put the, it out? Who, who's put it out? Uh, yeah. You know. I think it's Rez. No, actually, uh, you know, I don't know if it's Rez. I think it just may be a re-release from Project 3. It was Project 3 put out the original album. I should have brought it with me, but I didn't. I didn't. Cool. Uh, so, Fantastic. okay, so I thank you for calling, and we're going to get rid of the other call. Hello, you're in the air. Yeah, um, the 
Planet of the Apes, when they started out, they spent about three or four hours or, or so putting and taking off the makeup. Thank very you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. We know. Um, Hey, does everyone know that Roddy McDowell was not in the second one? That was yes. a guy doing a Roddy McDowell Roddy imitation? Yes, we do. He came back for the rest now, and the TV series, and yes. the cartoon, and everything else subsequently. And right, for now, hosting it on the Sci-Fi Network, he came back again. Did he host it on the Sci-Fi Network? Sure did. Amazing. Okay, now here we go. Here's the next story. Okay, I thought this one was rather interesting. Oh, we got more of these. Well, this is the last life of science fiction. Okay, uh, it's just, it's just, I'm only in America. That's what I put this under. Okay. Private companies are signing up pregnant women. Nation, no, listen to me. Private companies are signing up nation, uh, pregnant women nationwide to freeze their baby's umbilical cord blood in the hopes that it might fight lethal diseases that might attack the children later in life. Scientists caution these transplants are highly experimental and the government is about to regulate them, but some mothers say it's a biological insurance they can't refuse. Universally, umbilical cord blood is thrown away, but since 1988, it has been used as a last resort to help about 170 dying children to fight leukemia and other blood diseases. Cord blood is rich in a source of stem cells, building blocks that produce blood cells, and blah, 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 and it says now, but cord blood has not yet been proven better than bone marrow transplants in most patients. The only, only one in 10,000 babies will develop a disease treatable by cord blood. Still, at least four U.S. companies are recruiting pregnant women to freeze and store their babies' umbilical cord cells. They charge $300 to $1,500 up front with yearly storage fees of $75 to $150. Wow. Mm. Only in America. I have no idea Only what to say to that. Out of it a, speaks for itself. Yeah, it's so a there it is. What's that? So it preys on your fear. Of course. Of Aren't course. you afraid your child's going to get cancer here? Why don't you pay me $2,000? Exactly. I'll freeze his umbilical cord. No, listen, they're saying that. In, in any event, don't you want to be safe? There is this woman. They have a woman they quote here that says, uh, uh, Well, it's like when you go to buy a TV. You know, she says, you go if it doesn't work, you know you tried everything for your child. It's like when you go to buy a TV. You go to buy a TV, and they say this is the best TV you can buy for the money. It's the best price. It's gonna. It's a great TV with great picture. Oh, by the way, would you like a service contract with that? Because it might fall apart next week, well, his, and I'd like to get some service. extra commission. So like please buy my service contract. contract. It's like a service contract that they're not sure that it will do anything. Right. Uh, but it says here also. It says one woman says she says, well, if doctor said to me one day, unfortunately, you didn't have any. Uh, cord blood and you would have saved your you know your child's life how would i feel so there it is it preys upon your fear and your feelings down, though, you sure did, but you can't fault the mothers that no you can't fault them but then, then then that means you can't fault the company that profit sure you can sure you can why can't they just put it in a tube and you put it in your freezer <laughs> why why can't they just put it in a tube and then you put it in your freezer and you hold it? Well, you know, you could, but if, if, if you did and, you know, they don't, you know, they don't even know. They don't even know. You want to cut it up? They have to regulate the freezers. They don't even know if the people are using the right temperatures or anything. Who told them what temperature to freeze cord blood at for years? Well, if they could cut your head off and freeze it so they can bring you back to life at some point, then why can't they freeze cord blood? Well, are you saying this is if this is something that is done now that I yeah. don't know about? Yeah, they freeze your head. If you can't afford, when cryogenics, if you can't afford oh, your right. whole well, body, yeah, yeah, right. Well, cryogenics, yeah, right, right. Yes, they'll cut off your head. They're and at save all the it. science fiction conventions, right? right. And they save it and, and hoping that the technology will exist to, to, to bring you back transplant. to life. No brain transplant. Wow. 
in my opinion, that's bringing you back to life. Well, if they eventually can clone a whole new body, and then when it's when it's fully developed, they cut out the the clone brain and put back in your old there, brain. There it is. So that's the be plan. A profit driving. Uh, Why would you want that? What a horrible. Because I can live again. Like your brain is aware and alive and conscious in no, a. But they've cloned yeah, but now, you. Now, they've I have a question. Here it is. If you believe in souls you. and no. you freeze they've, you. Listen, and you come brought back, will you be brought listen, back with a soul? They've cloned you. Will you be brought back with a soul? Yeah, if, if you'll you, be brought back with a soul. Or does your soul, soul move on? That's a science fiction That story. was a science fiction movie by Wes Craven called Chiller. Really? Excellent. It was about... about Someone was brought back, and the soul had moved on and been reborn. And now this, this guy who was a really nice guy in life is this cold, uh, uncaring, unemotional... What was the name of the movie? Killer. Chiller. By Wes Craven, made for TV. With Beatrice Strait and uh, Beck. Uh, Jonathan Beck, I think the name is. He was uh, in that movie. He was in uh, uh, Warriors. The leader of the Warriors. He was in the leader of the Warriors. He was the leader of the Warriors. Uh, Martin Beck or Joseph Beck. Michael Michael Beck, that's it. Michael Michael Beck. Beck. He was also in uh, Xanadu. The little girl. The one with the little girl. Wasn't he in that too? He was in Xanadu. Wasn't he in Pac Garrett and Billy the Kid? Michael Beck? Nah. Wasn't he in Audrey Rose? Yes, he was. Same guy. He was in. Yes, he was. He was in. He was in Pat Garrett, Billy Kid. Yes, he was. I don't remember him in Pat Garrett, See, Billy Kid. Because you weren't paying total attention. You were hey. too busy watching Planet of the Apes. All right. Yes. Mike, is that Outwind in the background? Yes. Wow. Yes, it was. Wow. Yeah. That, I guess I've Good subtracted man. my pupil. Wow, you knew that was well. Outland. That was that, that's Jerry. It's the king. I've taught them well, Edwin. What do you think of that? That's fantastic. Are you impressed? Excellent, excellent pupil. Good, how, excellent. How, you are now a Jedi. Oh yes. How would a Romulan is doing? How to Romulan, Edwin? Stand by my side, fellow Jedi. Cool. Now he wants to know how the Romulan is doing, Edwin. They're doing pretty good, man. They just hooked me up with some uh, stun gun that. Uh, Pretty much set on high velocity, you know. <laughs> high velocity. Oh. Edwin, you better go back and bone up on your SF. Stun gun on ray gun. Everybody <laughs> knows their phasers. Ah. Actually, tomorrow. Can, I, can I make a crack? Can I um, make a crack? No, can I try to make a crack at guessing the mystery guest? Oh, sure. Yes, it's it, a, it is. She is on TV. It, um, is her name Rain? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're a long time listener. Yeah. Long time listener. It's just not so this is is not she light skinned? You remember light skinned? Light skinned with breast titties? Is she on that talk channel? No, that's Joan Baker. Why do you think of Joan Baker? So I figured that's the only woman that I know from television that you know. No, it's not and you just listened to an episode of Night Shift from 1996. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please consider making a pledge at 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Make a pledge. Make a $30 pledge in the name of Night Shift to celebrate 30 years of Night Shift. And Night Shift has been on for three decades. Wow. That's a long ass that's a time. Lot of, that's a lot of time. So, and if you've enjoyed it, Make a pledge. Hope you enjoyed this transporting, transportive uh, journey of this encore presentation of a classic lecture.
is the mic check for Cat Radio Cafe. Uh, testing. Testing. Tune into Cat Radio Cafe Tuesday night at 9 here on WBAI. I'm Janet Coleman. I'm David Dozer. The Displaced Playwright on Tuesday, November 22nd at 9 p.m. will be joined by author and critic Daryl Pinckney to discuss Come Back in September, a literary education on West 67th Street, Manhattan, a more than memoir about Pinckney's personal and literary entwinement with Elizabeth Hardwick, Barbara Epstein, and the New York Review of Books. Tuesday night at 9 here on WBAI. Cat Radio Cafe. Hey, the cats drink coffee. If you squirt whipped cream in it. Mm-hmm.